Hey guys, you're listening to The Enough Podcast. I'm Jennifer, a wife, mama of four, an author. I love having one-on-one conversations with women, talking about our identity in Christ. But most of all, I am completely in love with Jesus. And I'm Courtney, a wife, a mom, and a West Texas woman with a passionate love for Jesus. We declare we've had enough and discuss how we are enough. Hey there, guys. Welcome back to the Enough Podcast. And today we have a very exciting guest, Michelle Vig. Guys, this woman. I I desperately want to meet this sweet, amazing lady in person because she is an accomplished corporate executive for two decades. But then she founded Neat Little Nest to follow her passion for decluttering and organizing to help unlock people from their clutter. Michelle and her business have been featured in a variety of different news outlets. She is certified in KonMari decluttering and is a member of the National Productivity and Organizing Professional Society. Also, guys, Michelle wrote a book. Yes, I'm so glad because now I'll be able to help declutter my own life. And the book is called The Holistic Guide to Decluttering. So yay. Thank you, Michelle, so much for coming on the podcast today. We're so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. So Michelle, do you want to tell us a little bit of your story and what had you walk away from your corporate job into what you're doing now? So my story is um, I spent a lot of time, I guess I should say, I knew since I was a little kid that I wanted to go to college and I wanted to be in business. That was something I knew from a very long time. And no one in my family had gone to college before me. So I was, it was important to me. It was important to my parents. So I I said for many years, I just wanted to be successful in business. That's what I told my parents. That's what I told my dad all the time. So that's what I set off to do. I went to college. I went into marketing. I actually, in my last quarter of school, I thought that maybe I wanted to be in interior design. Mm -hmm. And so I'd asked if I could switch majors. And I was told that I couldn't. It would take another three years. I was like, Ah. okay, great. Marketing it is. So (laughs) let's get out of college. So I left college, started doing marketing, and that, what I have done, I did for 20 years. I did retail marketing, product innovation, and I led teams across some pretty fun brands, Buffalo Wild Wings, Caribou Coffee, and I had a really great career. About 2015, I was at an executive offsite, and we were asked to think about what is it that we get lost in time doing? we were asked to journal about what is it that we get lost in time doing. Hmm. And I kept coming back to, I really like decluttering and organizing stuff. I told at the time I was a chief marketing officer. My friend was another chief on our team. And I said to him, Matt, I think I want to be an organizer. And he said, what are you talking about? That's just crazy. And so he said, I think you should do, 
I think you should start a blog. And let's just see if this is, you know, a phase. So I did. So I started a blog in 2015 and I worked corporate job um, at that point, uh, you know, many, many, many hours of work. My kids at the time were small. I had um, two kids in elementary school. Oh, and, man. Yeah. And I can't even, um, I can't really even impress upon you just how stressful my life was. I had my second child. And while my, I was on maternity leave, we got a new CEO at our company. And the entire executive team was let go, the ones I'd worked under. So while I was on maternity leave, massive change. Went back to the company and it was an amazing, amazing time under this new leader. But toward the end of that time, I, I felt something didn't feel right. It didn't feel mm-hmm. like I was on the right path. And so I took that executive offsite and I really prayed about what, what am I supposed to be doing here? And I got a lot of mixed messages from people that I would speak with because they kind of thought I was a little bit crazy to say that I'm hearing, you know, in their mind voices um, that told me that, <laughs> right. I should, that, that I, that I can do this, that I should start this business, even though for the last 20 years, you have been doing retail marketing, restaurant marketing, restaurant product innovation, and you should completely, totally change course and take a leap and do this whole new thing. And I didn't, I mean, I had, I definitely had some supporters for sure, but I had a lot of people who thought I was throwing away my career. Right. Because from the perspective of the world, you had it all. You were on top of the corporate ladder that everyone fights so hard to climb. And you're like, I think I want to jump off this ladder and go do something else. And everybody's like, why? Exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, luckily for me, um, I shouldn't call it luck because it wasn't luck at all. Um, God had provided for my family in the sense that I was, my heart was not there anymore. And Mm -hmm. so when I was, when there was a massive, a second major transition, I was asked to leave. Mm. It was the biggest blessing of my life for many reasons. Number one, I was provided with, um, severance package that allowed me to sit and sit think for a little bit bought you time it bought me time and I was I mean my mind was not in a good space for a little bit of time I really had to if I was not provided for so I could just sit I don't know what I would have done but God provided me in that instance and has time and time again as an entrepreneur you know, every time, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's a, it's a roller coaster of faith and you really do have to have continual trust because it's not the same as working, you know, for someone else. Exactly. The, the security from the corporation is completely gone. No more 401ks, no more guaranteed paycheck every single month. You, it's, it's a whole new level of stepping out into faith that the wide, the wide, wide world of America doesn't experience. And it's terrifying. A lot of people start to put a whole lot of faith in a job. And that is their source of comfort 
income, security, that is what they begin to almost idolize inadvertently. And when that's taken away, if you hadn't had your faith, the spiral would have been intense, (laughs) which is also natural to, even if you have an incredibly strong faith, when something like that is ripped from you and you, and, and as it is human nature to put comfort in that, it's no longer there. It's okay to go, what now? I don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everything you said, yes. All those feelings, all that, um, you know, I mean, there was just a lot of, a lot of emotion and my faith helped me probably the most in the darkest hours of the last nine months because Mm. I had to be, I had to show up to work as an executive and in a very troubling time for the company. And Mm. we had to do a lot of things that were gut-wrenching, um, you know, laying off staff and um, restructuring and all these items, you know, it was, it was interesting how many sicknesses that I had in the last nine months of working at the company, you know, those were not, you know, were just, were not built to be in a constant and perpetual stress. And that is not what God says he's going to deliver for us either. He, it's not about, you know, peace is what we're, is the goal in our soul. You know, I keep hearing a phrase over and over that the body keeps the score. And it's, it's something that more and more people are beginning to look at. They're realizing that our emotions can have physical consequences. So that's really, really interesting that you were talking about having some physical consequences from the extreme stress. I'll share a story that was, to me, divine intervention. Um, So, you know, an executive going to board meetings every three months in a company that had just gotten purchased by a different company. So, you know, going through a merger, an acquisition. Uh, And it was so stressful. It was such a stressful time. And I don't know what happened, but I knew we had a board meeting and I couldn't feel my arm and I couldn't, and I thought something was wrong, but we were, we were so busy. And I said to my girlfriend who was also preparing the board, board of directors decks with me, I'm like, I don't feel quite right. Um, but I have to finish this. It's very important. And I did, but then my legs started feeling numb and I went home and I said to my husband, I, I, I'm not, something's not right. So I called the nurse line and they said, you need to immediately come in. We think you're having a stroke. And I was like, Oh my God. I, well, first of all, I can't have a stroke right now. I got to finish this stuff. I, <laughs> I don't have time to have a stroke. Okay. I went to the hospital and my, the, the, the vertebral artery in my neck had dissected. I was at Golly. stroke um, that I was on this, significant watch and they told me you need to you're not able to go to work for the next two weeks nothing and I was like okay so I can do like maybe like two days or something but (laughs) I can't do two weeks and then the the neurologist said I I don't think you're picking up what we're laying down Michelle you could die from a stroke 
and that was the that was to me the beginning of the rethink. Mm-hmm. My friends who knew me very well, they knew, and it wasn't as if I believed God, you know, created this thing in my neck to. Um, but I sure. No, but it's very similar to like, this makes sense in my mind, like, like a car. If you take a car and you run it red hot at the highest RPMs for an extended period of time, a gasket's going to blow. It's just kind of physics and God created you and he created your body and he created your body with limits and you were just, you were flooring it for, for so long. The reason that I felt that the, the presence of God is actually that I lived and was able to make changes and move forward in a different way. That's awesome. I love that you use the word divine intervention because isn't God just like that a lot of times? You know, we're on a path and sometimes it's, it's hard for us to see. You know, we're so laser focused on something, but he's trying to get our attention. And sometimes he does have to give that intervention in order for us to listen up a little bit. So Michelle, after you, you were, you, you switched careers and you were, you were having this time to sit because of your severance package. What happened during that time that then led to you creating something so amazing, like the neat little nest? Um, well, A, I, I started to go to therapy and I started to work with a, um, a therapist to help me actually work through the, all the feeling and all the um, emotion of getting laid off. And it helped me a ton. The other thing is I can't describe it other than the starting the company was so clear in my head. There wasn't, it just was so clear. It was so put upon my heart. <laughs> what I should do. I don't even know how to say it other than that. I just, for the company, all of these, anytime I would be thinking about how to plan this company, I almost did everything opposite that I was t- taught and trained how to do in business. Mm-hmm. Instead of, I mean, I'd written so many strategic plans and money-making things and I mean, I have that experience. And Mm -hmm. I said, for this company, for this next step, I have to go with what my heart says based on what I'm hearing are the next steps. Mm -hmm. One after the other, things were laying, you know, lining up without really me having to do all this pushing and all this grit and all this hard work. I was doing a lot of important work and I was putting in the mm-hmm. time, but I wasn't putting in the time on whatever, you know, I was putting in the time based on what I was hearing called upon my heart. It sounds like you just really firmly stuck your hands in God's. And when he led you a step forward, you didn't dig your heels in and say, no, you followed that step. You did the next step. He pulled you further. He said, come on, we're going this way. And you said, okay, I'm going to walk those steps right there with you. Yeah, and I'll tell you, for the first five months straight, I actually, the only word that I heard literally was rest. Mm. That is a hard word. (laughs) 
Okay. So as me personally, as I struggle with rest, how did you rest? As somebody like yourself who, who floored it and was pushing it to the red line constantly, what did rest look like for you? I, um, okay. I'll tell you another story that I think will make it a little bit clearer that it became obvious to me that rest was important and I had to shift my attention. So I came home to tell my children that I was um, no longer going to work at Caribou Coffee. At the time when I left Caribou Coffee, I was the president of the company. And when I shared it with my daughter, my daughter was crying. And I said, you know, sweetie, you don't have to worry about anything. Mommy's fine. And then she asked me if it meant that the nanny would have to go. And, you know, I really had to face a very difficult and emotional thing for me was how I clearly had had to have neglected my children more than I would have wanted or had hoped that I had. So for me, in the next five months, even though the word was rest, you know what I was doing? I was making dinners with my kids and I was riding bicycles and I was able to go to every one of their events. And so the rest was not sitting around. It was seeing, I was just answering the wrong question for a while. Like instead of answering the question of what do you want your life to be? I was just answering, what do you want your job to be? Mm-hmm. So now I'm, I'm really, the call of my life is more important. And what I, you know, so what I can do to help other people and balance my own life, that's what I had to learn. That was hard for me, but it took a lot of sort of perseverance, I guess. And honestly, every time I would pray and hear the word rest, it would kind of bug me. I'm like, you mean rest like, you know, get 17 things done instead of 50 or, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I I feel that deep in my soul. I'm like, okay, what what is rest? Tell me what that is. (laughs) But I will tell you now, after being in this for three years, I, I protect my, I'm much more protective. I had a lot of conviction in the first nine months after, a lot of conviction, things to learn, um, things to take, continue to take with me that, you know, were my strengths and things I had to let go of because they were just, they, they were strengths, but they were dialed too high. They were, mm-hmm. they were dialed up yes. too high and becoming liabilities and rest for me was one of the most important lessons I learned in those months after, um, I, 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 I had a lot of friends who hadn't heard from me in a lot of years. And, you know, I, yeah. I had to reconcile a lot of that too. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit more about exactly what you are doing now. Well, I am, so I'm a professional organizer, which means I help people declutter and organize their homes in whatever way they need help. And that is hands-on in in their spaces, designing spaces, decluttering, and organizing. So one of the principles, as I I was investigating whether I wanted to be a professional organizer, some of the early on advice that I got was, 
to start trying the, start trying little baby steps of trying that work to see if you actually like the work rather than the idea of the work. So I, I signed up for, and this is again, one of those absolutely God-driven things. So I looked up on the internet, I had just read a couple years prior, Marie Kondo's book, and oh, it just so happened that five weeks later, from when I looked it up on the internet, she was having a conference for her second ever organizers in Chicago, which is where my in-laws live. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, I got to do this. And then the process to get certified, you know, you had to be, you, you couldn't just pay your money. You had to send in stuff. So I had to send pictures of my entire, all the spaces in my house that I had organized. And I was kind of worried, like, oh my gosh, what are they going to take me? And my friends yeah. were telling me, okay, if they don't take you, then they don't take anybody. So you're going to be fine. So I went there to see if these were my people. And they were, you know, I started, I started feeling a little bit more like myself. So that was God moment. Number one, I was at a conference with Marie Kondo within like months after leaving, um, wow. My, my career to see if I really thought this was a good idea. And it was, and then I started going through the movements of getting certified and that was helping people in their homes. And I realized, boy, this is totally what I love to do. And then I started thinking, then I started seeing a lot of huge correlations. So I spent 20 years leading people, helping them declutter and organize their time, their day. I start, I worked with coaching a lot of my team on helping them think through prioritizing. What do they want to get done? I talked a lot about mindfulness and mind clutter because these are things that get in people's way. And all of a sudden there's this huge light bulb that went off for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh it's so obvious. They're all, it's all three of these things. If I see it on my, I would see it on my, my team's desks, you know, people are stressed out and their desk was a mess and their counter was a mess and their home life was a mess. I mean, everything was just building up to this clutter spot. And I'm telling you on my heart, I was like, I got to write this down. I got to write this down. And again, so another God moment, I, I got a call from a publisher. Hmm. <laughs> And I was, and they said, you know, we're, we saw you, whatever, blah, blah. Do you want to write a book? I'm like, I have a book on my heart. Yes, I want to write a book. And something was just not right. Something was not feeling right about that publisher. And I'll name no names, but. um, Right. But like how interesting that one fell out of the sky into your lap and it would have looked like a divine opportunity, but but in. In your spirit, you knew because you're, you're paying attention. And then listen to this. So then three days before I was to sign this contract from book publisher number one, I get a call from my current publisher saying, I was on an airplane. I saw you an article about you in a magazine, which was a local magazine from Minneapolis. We think you'd be great. We'd love you to write a book. I'm like, I want to write a book. I have a book on my heart. And the interaction with this publisher, this particular guy was just, I loved him from the start. I can't even tell you. It was like, boom, it was great. So within, I sort of, I feel still, still feel kind of bad about it. So I sort of, you know, ignored the one for a little bit. 
to work with the second publisher. And it was great. It was such a great experience. Every single piece of it, uh, the, the quarter group, they're just amazing. So, and then it felt right in my soul. It felt right in my heart and all the way along it felt right. So that, that's been my biggest learning is just continual to, um, you know, as your business, as my business evolves, as I listen for what's next, um, yeah, I think it's it's helpful because I continue to hear how a lot of times people they, they kind of can't hear the call, right? Because there's too much clutter in their life, they can't mm-hmm. hear it because mm-hmm. their space is too cluttered and their minds are too cluttered and their time is too cluttered, and so. I kept hearing that too, just for, you know, for my, my brothers and sisters of faith, it was how, how are they potentially missing out on their most desired life because they have too much clutter in the way. So we have, this is so cool. We, we just talked about this, how in so many situations, if you can create time and space for God's truth to seep in and have a chance to pause and listen and focus in on that that then you can become more Christ-like rather than getting caught up and spun out in so many different things. And that sounds like so much, like you are actually giving people the actual tools, the game plan to do that. Right. I hope so. I mean, it's really is, um, it really is the juice that keeps me wanting to help and help people do this is there is just something I know what it's like to feel really, really busy. And I also know that when I looked at the back half of my life, I just had it, I knew it had to be different than the first half. Right. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling, if you don't mind me asking this, but how are you mentally more now than you were when you were in the corporate job? Oh, it's just not even, it's not even the same. They, um, so when I was in corporate, I, I had a, I had a, I still have the same, same things I use now. So I had a mindfulness practice. I had a, a devotion practice, a prayer practice. Those things were there. The thing that wasn't there and I can, is more here now is my ability to be present for real. Like, mm-hmm. You know, I would, I subscribe to those ideas in my corporate life, but the reality was, you know, you can only, you can only put in so much hours and time into something that isn't yours, you know? So for my company, I get to choose. I'm not having to feel that, I need to do more and give more. And if I feel like my body is suggesting that I need to rest, the only challenge, it's just me. You know, I you, you have the freedom to make that choice. Yeah. Those choices aren't being made for you anymore. Yeah. And because I have the freedom to choose, then it's, I can keep a life that is more, balanced and um that's important to me it sounds like you are way more at peace and grounded and there's like this deep well of joy 
that you didn't have before. Yeah. I mean, you, you probably, you nailed it is I, um, I liked to do what I did before. Right. I liked the people that I worked with. I made such great relationships. It was just so hard. And I don't mean like over my head. It was just, it felt like I was, um, having to push too hard for something. I wasn't quite sure if it was worth it. And Mm -hmm. when I got home and my kids are at this age that, you know, my daughter is going to be leaving soon. She just finished driver's ed. And and I started thinking, I'm like, you know, I, you know, I, it's, it's funny. I have this quote for my July month. I'm going to read it because it's, it's helpful to answer this question too. It says most people overestimate what they can do in one year, but underestimate what they can do in 10. That's from Bill Gates. Ooh. And that's the, that's the biggest difference in my corporate world to now is I'm actually considering the 10-year plan. So if that means that right now I'm going to be home and I'm going to be present and I'm going to have a little bit more time with my kids, that's okay. Because mm-hmm. eight, it don't get to be very long before they don't want to be around me anyway. And there's always time to, there's always going to be time in the future to do for the work to catch up. You know, right. the, the older I get, the more I notice that there are finances and then there's God's finances. It doesn't make sense to tithe 10%. How on earth does 90% of your money equal 200% of the 100% you would have had if you hadn't tithed. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's God math right there. He does the same thing with our time. How on earth does investing four hours in our kiddos equal 20 hours of work in the 20 minutes that we do later? It, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. And I think I just confused myself, but that sounds like what you're explaining that you are, that God is multiplying your time right now, that there will be time later to do X, Y, Z. But right now your life is very full of the things that God has for you. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I will, I'll even add, <laughs> if I, work that way. I, I like that. I like what you're saying. And I will even add that because I'm very trained in time clutter, mind clutter management, and physical clutter management, I just have so much more time. So ah. up, um, I'm still working as much as I did before, but it's different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's whenever it comes to me. And that also means that I, that I can spare two hours in the middle of the day and go do something that I would not have been able to do with my kids before. Mm-hmm. So for me, having the, the practices in place that I have for what are my top three priorities for the day? What are the things that I need to finish for today? What are the things that I need to start for the day in, in a very, you know, I'll call it regimented way. Mm-hmm. It helps decrease my mind clutter to the point where I'm not getting, you know, I don't have the same... Um, political challenges and people challenges I had in my corporate career, I can just focus all my energy and efforts on 
getting the, you know, doing the part of the work that I love. So it's not even that it's less work. It's just that it's the right work. It's, it's why I know I'm on the right path because to your point, it, it always works out. If you trust, it always works out. Whenever it's hard, you're not trusting when it's super hard and you're getting angry and anxious and something's not working, you know, it might not be right. And I, I think that's also what I'm sharing when I teach about time clutter and mind clutter, you know, it takes practice to, to work through those pieces. Yeah. You know, I get teased for, you know, what my best friend in the world, you know, I get teased because I still to this day, every day do what are my top three priorities? It, even if it's Saturday, but yeah. what priorities, what are, what am I need to finish? What do I need to do? And what am I grateful for? Those are practices I've been doing straight for six, seven, 10 years. I mean, it's, it's deeply ingrained in who I am. Mm-hmm. I love that you said it's not the time of work you're doing. It's the like quality of work. It's that you're doing that. That is really, really cool. Michelle, I love your story. I love how you went from what the world looks at as the top of everything, top of the world, top of the corporate ladder. And through a series of events, found you in a situation where you could have spiraled, but instead you reached out, grabbed God's hand, followed him. And now your life, he, he has so much control over what you're doing. Every step you take, you wait and you look at him and you say, what's the next step? And then you take it. And through that, you are helping so many women and families and men crawl out from underneath piles of rubbish into freedom. That is incredible. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story with us. Is there anything else you want to share? No, I just want to say thank you. I'm so appreciative and thank you. Tell our sweet, sweet listeners where they can find you and your book. Yeah, they can find me on neatlittlenest.com. And my handle for all my social media is at neatlittlenest. And guys, she has some of the best Instagram stories. I think one of her tags is five focused minutes. Is that right? Focus 15, yeah. Focus 15. I knew I had that wrong. But I did five focused minutes the other day thinking that that was the right amount. And I was like, hey, that's helpful. So guys, if you're not following her already, please go check her out. It, you won't be sorry. And that is it for today's episode. We'll have everything linked in the show notes down below. So if you are needing to get in touch with me and Jen, please feel free to message us at enoughpod over on Instagram. Or enoughpodladies at gmail.com. And remember, when the going gets tough and you don't feel like enough, remember you are enough. Enough.